Chapter 12 Sister Mary of Jesus tells us of how after the human race had been propagated, the clamors of the just for the coming of the Redeemer increased, and likewise sin. In this night of the ancient law, God sent two morning stars, Saint Joachim and Saint Anne, as harbingers of the law of grace. 164. The posterity and race of Adam spread out in great numbers, for the just and the unjust were multiplied. The clamors of the just for the coming of the Redeemer increased, and so did the transgressions of the wicked in demerit of that benefit. The people of the Most High and the plans for the triumph of the Lord in assuming human nature, were already in the last stages of preparation for the advent of the Messiah. The kingdom of sin and the generation of the wicked had now spread its dominion to the utmost limits, and the opportune time for the remedy had arrived. The merits and the crowns of the just had been multiplied, and the prophets and the holy fathers in their joy of heavenly enlightenment, perceived the approach of the salvation and the presence of the Redeemer, and they increased their clamors, beseeching God to fulfill the prophecies and the promises made to His people. Before the high throne of the divine mercy they asked God to remember the exceedingly lengthy and somber night of sin, which had lasted since the creation of the first man, and the blindness of idolatry which had taken hold of all the rest of the human race. 165. When the ancient serpent had infected the whole earth with its poisonous breath and apparently enjoyed peaceful control over mortals who had become blind to the light of reason, Romans 1 verse 20, and to the precepts contained in the ancient written law, when instead of seeking the true divinity, men set up for themselves many false laws and each one created a god for himself according to his liking, without considering that the confusion of so many gods was repugnant to all goodness order and peace. By these errors and malice, ignorance and forgetfulness of the true God had become naturalized. Ignorant of its mortal disease and lethargy, the world had grown mute in its prayer for deliverance. Pride reigned supreme and fools had become innumerable, Ecclesiastes 7.15. Lucifer in his arrogance was about to swallow the pure waters of the Jordan Job 40:18. Through these injuries God was more and more deeply offended, and less and less beholden to man. His justice had such an excellent cause for annihilating all creation and reducing it to its original nothingness. 166. At this juncture, according to our way of understanding, the Most High directed His attention to the attribute of His mercy, counterbalancing the weight of His incomprehensible justice with the law of clemency. He chose to yield more to His own goodness and to the clamors and faithful services of the just and the prophets of His people, than to that of His indignation at the wickedness and sins of all the rest of mankind. In this dark night of the ancient law, He resolved to give most certain pledges of the day of grace, sending into the world two most bright luminaries to announce the approaching dawn of the Son of Justice, Christ our salvation. These were Saint Joachim and Anne, prepared and created by a special decree according to his own heart. Saint Joachim had his home his family and relations in Nazareth, a town of Galilee. He was always a just and holy man illuminated by a special grace and light from on high. He had a knowledge of many mysteries of the Holy Scriptures and of the Prophets. In continual and fervent prayer, 
He asked God for the fulfillment of his promises, and his faith and charity penetrated the heavens. He was a man most humble and pure, leading a most holy and sincere life. Yet he was most grave and earnest and incomparably modest and honest. 167. The most fortunate Saint Anne, had a house in Bethlehem, she was a most chaste, humble and beautiful maiden. From her childhood she led a most virtuous holy and retired life, enjoying great and continual enlightenment and exalted contemplation. Withal she was most diligent and industrious, thus attaining perfection in both the active and the contemplative life. She had an infused knowledge of the divine scriptures and a profound understanding of its hidden mysteries and sacraments. In the infused virtues of faith, hope, and love she was unexcelled. Equipped with all these gifts, she continued to pray for the coming of the Messiah. Her prayers were so acceptable to the Lord that to her he could but answer with the words of the spouse, Thou hast wounded my heart with one of the hairs of thy neck, Canticles of Solomon 4-9. Therefore without doubt, Saint Anne, holds a high position among the saints of the Old Testament, who by their merits hasten the coming of the Redeemer. 168. This woman also prayed most fervently that the Almighty deigned to procure for her a husband, who should help her to observe the ancient law and testament, and to be perfect in the fulfillment of all its precepts. At the moment in which Saint Anne, thus prayed to the Lord, his providence ordained, that Saint Joachim made the same petition, both prayers were presented at the same time before the tribunal of the Holy Trinity, where they were heard and fulfilled, it being divinely disposed that Joachim and Anne, unite in marriage and become the parents of her who was to be the mother of the incarnate God. In furtherance of this divine decree, the Archangel Gabriel was sent to announce it to them both. To Saint Anne, he appeared in visible form while she was engaged in fervent prayer for the coming of the Savior and the Redeemer of men. When she saw the Holy Prince, most beautiful and refulgent, she was disturbed and frightened and yet at the same time interiorly rejoiced and enlightened. The holy maiden prostrated herself in profound humility to reverence the messenger of heaven, but he prevented and encouraged her as being destined to be the ark of the true manna, Mary most holy, the mother of the word. For this holy angel had been informed of this sacramental mystery on being sent with this message. The other angels did not yet know of it, as this revelation or illumination had been given directly from God only to Gabriel. Nevertheless, the angel did not then manifest this great sacrament to Saint Anne, but he asked her to attend and said to her, Servant of God, the Most High gives thee his blessing and is your salvation. His Majesty has heard thy petitions. He wishes thee to persevere therein, and that you continue to clamor for the coming of the Redeemer. It is his will that you accept Joachim as your spouse, for he is a man of upright heart and acceptable to the Lord. In his company you will be able to persevere in the observance of his law and in his service. Continue your prayers and your supplications, don't be solicitous for anything else, for the Lord will see them fulfilled. Walk in the straight paths of justice and let your soul's occupation be in heaven. Continue to pray for the Messiah. Be thou joyful in the Lord, who is thy salvation. With these words the angel disappeared leaving her enlightened in many mysteries of holy scriptures, comforted and renewed in spirit. 
169. To Saint Joachim, the archangel did not appear in a corporeal manner, but he spoke to the man of God in sleep as follows. Joachim, you are blessed by the right hand of the Most High, persevere in your desires and live according to rectitude and perfection. It is the will of the Almighty that you receive Saint Anne as your spouse, for her the Lord has visited with his blessing. Take care of her and esteem her as a pledge of the Most High giving thanks to His Majesty because He has given her into thy charge. In consequence of this divine message, Saint Joachim immediately asked for the hand of the Most Chaste Anne, and enjoined obedience to the divine ordainment they espoused each other. But neither of them manifested to each other the secret of what had happened until several years afterwards, as I will relate in its place. The two holy spouses lived in Nazareth, continuing to walk in the justification of the Lord. In rectitude and sincerity they practiced all virtue in their works, making themselves very acceptable and pleasing to the Most High, avoiding all blemish in all their doings. The rents and incomes of their estate they divided each year into three parts. The first one they offered to the Temple of Jerusalem for the worship of the Lord, the second they distributed to the poor, and the third they retained for the decent sustenance of themselves and family. God augmented their temporal goods on account of their generosity and charity. 170. They themselves lived with each other in undisturbed peace and union of heart, without quarrel or shadow of a grudge. The most humble Anne, subjected herself and conformed herself in all things to the will of Joachim, and that man of God, with equal emulation of humility, sought to know the desires of Holy Anne, confiding in her with his whole heart, Proverbs 31:11, and he was not deceived. Thus they lived together in such perfect charity. During their whole life they never experienced a time during which one ceased to seek the same thing as the other, Matthew 18:20. But rather as being united in the Lord, they enjoyed his presence in holy fear. Saint Joachim, Solicitous to obey the command of the angel, honored his spouse and lavished his attention upon her. 171. The Lord forestalled the holy matron Anne with the blessings of his sweetness, Psalm 20 verse 4, communicating to her the most exalted graces and infused science, which prepared her for the happy destiny of becoming the mother of Mary, who was to be the mother of God himself. As the works of God are perfect and consummate, it was natural to expect that he should make her a worthy mother of that most pure creature who should be superior in sanctity to all creatures and inferior only to God. 172. This fortunate couple passed twenty years of their married life without children. In those times, and among the people of the Jews, this was seen to be the greatest misfortune and disgrace. On this account they had to bear much reproach and insult from their neighbors and acquaintances, for all those that were childless, were considered as excluded from the benefits of the Messiah. But the Most High wished to afflict them and dispose them for the grace which awaited them, in order that in patience and submission they might tearfully sow the glorious fruit, which they were to bring forth afterwards. They continued in most fervent prayers from the bottom of their hearts, mindful of the command from on high. They made an express vow to the Lord, that if He should give them a child, they would consecrate it to his service in the temple of Jerusalem. 173. 
This offer was made by an especial impulse of the Holy Ghost, who had ordained, that she who was to be the habitation of the Son of God, should, before coming into existence, be offered and pledged by her parents to the same Lord. For if they had not obliged themselves by a special promise to offer her to the temple before they possessed her, they would not have been able to make the sacrifice on account of the vehement love which her sweetness and grace engendered. According to our mode of understanding such things, the Lord in a measure allayed his fears, lest his most holy mother should remain in possession of any one else, and his love so to say, diverted itself by a certain delay in creating her. 174. Having at the command of the Lord, persevered a whole year in fervent petitions, it happened by divine inspiration and ordainment, that Joachim was in the temple of Jerusalem offering prayers and sacrifices for the coming of the Messiah, and for the fruit which he desired. Arriving with others of his town, offering the common gifts and contributions in the presence of the high priest. Issachar, an inferior priest, harshly censured the old and venerable Joachim, for presuming to come with the other people to make his offerings in spite of his being childless. Among other things, he said to him, Joachim, why do you come with your offerings and sacrifices? You are a useless man and they are not pleasing in the eyes of God. Depart and leave this company. Do not annoy God with your offerings and sacrifices because they are not acceptable to Him. The holy man filled with shame and confusion, in humble love, addressed the Lord. Most High Lord and God, at your command and wishes, I went to the temple. He that takes your place despises me. My sins merit this disgrace, but since I accept it according to thy will, please do not cast away the creature of thy hands. Psalm chapter 137 8. Joachim hastened away from the temple full of sorrow, though peaceful and contented. He went to a farm or storehouse which he possessed. And there in solitude he called upon the Lord for some days, praying as follows. Most high and eternal God on whom depends the whole existence and the reparation of the human race, I prostrate in thy living presence. I supplicate thy infinite goodness to look upon the affliction of my soul, and to hear my prayers and those of thy servant Anne. To thine eyes are manifest all our desires, Psalm chapter 37:10. And if I am not worthy to be heard, do not despise my humble spouse. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, our first forefathers, do not hide thy kindness from us, nor permit, since thou art a father, that I be numbered among the reprobate and the outcasts in my offerings because thou givest me no children. Remember, O Lord, my ancestors, the sacrifices and oblations of thy servants and prophets, Deuteronomy chapter 9:27, and look upon their works which were pleasing to thy divine eyes. Since thou commandest me, my Lord, to pray to thee in confidence, grant me according to the greatness of thy mercy and power, that which at thy command I pray for. In beseeching thee I fulfill thy will and render the obedience in which thou hast promised to grant my petition. If my sins hinder the exercise of thy mercies, take away what displeases and hinders thee. Thou art mighty, Lord God of Israel, and all that thou wishest thou can accomplish without hindrance. Let my prayer reach thy ears, 
and if I am poor and insignificant, thou art infinite and always ready to exercise mercy with the downcast, where shall I flee from thee, who art the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Thou hast filled thy sons and servants with benedictions in their generations. And thou hast instructed me to expect and desire from thy bounty what thou hast wrought in my brethren. If it is thy pleasure to yield to my petition and grant me a child, I will offer it and consecrate it to thy holy temple in perpetual service. I have riveted my eyes and my will on your holy will, and have always desired to keep them free from the vanishing things of this world. Fulfill in regard to me what is according to thy pleasure and rejoice our spirit with the accomplishment of our hopes. Look down from thy throne upon this vile dust, and raise it up, in order that it may magnify thee and adore thee. Let in all things thy will be fulfilled, and not mine. 176. While Joachim was making these petitions in his retirement, the holy angel manifested to holy Anne, that her prayer for an child, accompanied by such holy desires and intentions, was pleasing to the Almighty. Having thus recognized the will of God and of her husband Joachim, she prayed with humble subjection and confidence that it be fulfilled. Most High God, my Lord, Creator and Preserver of the Universe, whom my soul reveres as the true God, infinite, holy and eternal, I will speak. Prostrate in thy real presence though I am but dust and ashes proclaiming my need and my affliction, Esther 39. Lord God uncreated, make us worthy of thy benediction, and give us holy fruit of the womb, in order that we may offer it to thy service in the temple, Genesis 18:27. Remember O Lord, that Anne, thy servant and the mother of Samuel, was sterile and that by thy generous mercy she received the fulfillment of her desires. I feel within me a courage which incites and animates me to ask thee to show me the same mercy. Hear then, O sweetest Lord and Master, my humble petition. Remember the sacrifices, offerings and services of my ancestors and the favors which thy almighty arm wrought in them. I wish to offer to thee, O Lord, an oblation pleasing and acceptable in thy eyes, but the greatest in my power, is my soul, my faculties and inclinations given to thee, and my whole being. If thou look upon me from thy throne giving me a child, I will from this moment sanctify and offer it for thy service in the temple. Lord God of Israel, if it should be thy pleasure and good will, Look upon this lowly and impoverished creature, and to console thy servant Joachim, grant me my prayer, and may thy holy and eternal will be fulfilled in all things. 177. These were the prayers, which St. Joachim and St. Anne offered. On account of my great shortcoming and insufficiency, I cannot fully describe what I was made to understand concerning the holiness of these prayers and of these saintly parents. It is impossible to tell all, nor is it necessary, since what I have said is sufficient for my purpose. In order to obtain a befitting idea of these saints, it is necessary to estimate and judge them in connection with the most high end in ministry, for which they were chosen by God. 
for they were the immediate grandparents of Christ our Lord, and parents of His Most Holy Mother.